Well, I'd say yawning and stretching definitely is necessary, but Ray Pete has a very unique cure for it. I'm not a big fan of baking soda per se, but he says that baking soda has actually brought people completely out of strokes by just taking a teaspoon of baking soda. The only danger with baking soda is your stomach can explode. So make sure you, Arm and Hammer has been taken to court and they won a court approval, of course, because they had the money not to put the warning that it can explode. And it is very rare. But, uh, but baking but soda could help. Baking soda, he, said, this, he told this person to take carbonated drink. They got mixed up and gave the person a teaspoon of baking soda and their stroke was completely healed. Wow. Ray Pete, you'll find that in his first and only video presentation that's still probably on the internet. If, Very interesting. If you want to know more. So that, that's what you would, anything else that you know of that helps? Well, yawning and stretching, because people who have been crippled actually get free during the yawn. It must be a yawn over seven minutes. Eventually act like Kriya Yoga, you know, where Yogananda recommended one breath per minute. When you're doing that, then you know you have chi. Hmm. If you can't do one breath a minute, then uh, you don't have chi because it starts at one breath a minute. Hmm. But you do what you can. And here's a trick. When you're driving a vehicle, you can breathe slower. So if a person has a stroke, obviously they're not, they're not going to drive. But if you drive at 60 miles an hour and have the person in there and they yawn, you'll do more benefit than if they're sitting at home yawning. It's a very strange phenomenon. Wow. I wonder if there's anything that uh, this person could give dad that would kind of balance out, because you know if he's in the hospital, he's getting this blood thinner, this rat poison stuff, right? What are they, Coumadin or something? Man. Yeah, if he's in the hospital, they're killing him. Yeah. Those are places where you're very lucky to survive. In yeah. fact, uh, your chances of staying home are much better these days. Now, back in the day, when the doctor would come to your house with a black bag, I lived in that time. I had the flu or something. The doctor came to the house with his little black bag, gave you a shot or a medicine, and get a tetanus shot, whatever it was. They give it to you, and then they leave. And then it was cheap to go. Now, uh, you go to an average surgery, you know, it's thousands and thousands of dollars because the public is being ripped off for all this money and all these drugs are being given. What is the... Basically, uh, we are in a medical police state, so sure. we sh what can we expect? Other than the, the, other than the traumatic trauma thing, what is the, the physiological aspect of strokes? Oh, um, does the blood actually clot or something? Well, there's two types of stroke. Uh, the most common one, I'd say 90%, is basically a, uh, a blockage. A blockage. Yeah, and then you want to send the blood at that point. But then you must know if you've got the uncommon one where it leaks. It leaks uh, because the, the walls are fragile and you can get a stroke that way. In that case, <laughs> if you send the blood, you're dead. Yeah. So you must know. Now, a hospital, a very simple test could show that, but they don't do it because they don't care. <laughs> I wonder um, what uh, what causes the blood to clot? I, I'm I mean, to thicken up, other than again, uh, other than physics, 
physical? Acidity. Acidity? Acidity. See, the secret about all this blood clotting thing is all you have to do is alkalize to disperse the blood and acidify. Acidification is anabolic strength. Uh, you build muscle and organization. But if you build too much organization, you get a table. You get something solid as a table. If you get too much oxygen and too much alkalinity, you get puddle. We're colloid. We are not table. We are not puddle. They're useless to us. But as, as colloid, we get muscle. We now have strength that we can persist in life mm. and have health. But when you get, become too acidic, you again turn into rock hardness. Like uh, like when people get stiff, you know, and they get uh, 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 what does uh, Carol Crosby call it? You know, your uh, fibrosis and those various things that the rockers always work on and things like that. Right. That's over organization of your body. Then, if you get too loose, you get like a limp handshake and you can barely move or get up because you're just sagging to a puddle. Your, uh, your uh, body just droops, and that's over alkalinity. Too much oxygen is one, too much acid. You know, Emmanuel Ravisi has the best theories on that and the best research to support it. And repeat sometimes comes very close to it. Like, think about this. And he said this on your show. If you take a tourniquet and wrap it around your muscle and you just leave it there, you're likely to get cancer because you don't have any oxygen in there. Mm -hmm. But if you put the tourniquet there and start exercising, you will get a big bicep, bigger than you could under other circumstances because it builds tissue. Well, if you move it, you build muscle. If you don't move it, you build cancer. It's really simple, and Ravisi had the answer for that a long time ago. Ray Pete often comes so close to Ravisi that I'm surprised he doesn't talk about it more. Yeah, I've actually seen where people, they wrap these things around the arm, and is that what they're doing? They're actually putting a tourniquet and then building muscle like that? Lack of oxygen and acidification. See, the light force hmm. is in the acid, not the alkaline. The alkaline sinks to the bottom of the pot. Why does a chef put a lid on the pot to keep the acid from escaping? Hmm. They're volatile. The acids, I have magnesium, I have calcium, they sink to the bottom. They're not going anyplace. <laughs> wow. So that's pretty tr So that's why in the stroke person uh, who emailed, the baking soda might do good because that uh, alkalines the body, right? Alkalines. Yep. Hmm. To, to, with a stroke, you want to alkalize at that point, definitely. So a lot of it can be explained on acid alkaline. And by the way, you cannot measure your acid alkalinity in your urine. No. You cannot measure it in your saliva. You cannot measure it in your blood. That's like taking a roast in the pot, and you want to see how acidic the inside of the roast is in the protein and in the fat. And you mentioned the liquid. The liquid's not in what you're cooking. <laughs> it's in the waste product. What's coming out in your bladder is what's being rejected from your body. Rejected. Same with the saliva. And the blood is so well buffered, it doesn't mean anything until you're in total body failure and your whole body is failing at that point. It's not specific organs that are failing. So what about uh, if, if the tongue is white, 
that's a over asset. Your over asset is what? White tongue. White. Yeah. How you get acidic is by getting carbon dioxide in your body. Carbon dioxide acidifies. No, I know. But does a white tongue mean you're over two acid? I'm still not getting that. <laughs> okay. Does a white tongue mean that you're oh, over the right tongue? White tongue. White. W h i t e. White. White. Hmm. Um. The color white. Yeah. Yeah. I. I see. I'm just a little slow on the uptake here today. Okay. The the white tongue generally means you're over acidic, unless you have uh, slept all night and then all the acids come out of your stomach. That's something out of your stomach acid. But if you're a white tongue in the middle of the day, after you've eaten meals and everything, it stays that way. You're obviously over acidic. If you're over alkaline, your tongue is bright red oh. and even uh, cracked. Now you have to be careful because certain racial types, like a black person, will tend to run more acidic than alkaline. Certain ethnic types will run that way. And one time I was wondering, I saw so many uh, black people with white tongues that I had a friend of mine that got very sick and had all the symptoms of alkalinity, and indeed her tongue was bright red. <laughs> I see. So, 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 uh, white. You can't uh, tell. You just have to take a proportion of what the person runs in standards. White in the morning would be okay as long as it, uh, not you wouldn't have to do anything, and then as long as it balances out, and then you could do a little baking soda or something just to balance things out if it stayed. Yeah, white. in the morning we tend to regurgitate some of the uh, sure. stomach acid Hasn't. naturally. In fact, Ray Pete says, and he's correct. They have done studies of what's in your anus, physical material, and in the morning it's physical <laughs> anus material in your breath. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. He's such a trip, you know, isn't he? He somehow, um, and the more questions I ask him, just kind of fun questions, he's got all these stories. Did you hear him on Monday? I was asking him these questions. I don't know about, I don't know. They just come to me. And he tells all these stories. Oh, yeah, well, they did Bratz back in 1945 or so. It's, he's really fun to talk to, isn't he? He's great. You do particularly good interviews with Ray Pete. We've already listened to that show three times, and we listened to the other ones over and over. Some of the shows we've listened to 15 or 20 times. Is that right? Because he's. It's we so always miss something, too. You listen to it, said, he said, what? I didn't. I don't remember that. It's so yeah, geeky. I, and yeah. we're sure he picked. We, yeah. we don't. Uh, we don't do the whole P program because sure. there's some things I disagree on. I'm not into the deuterium thing. I think that's clinically insignificant. But the other things, he saved my life. I told you the whole story of the yellow bat disease that happened in 2014 with my edema and trachea and everything. And now it came to another head where I asked him for advice again. And he's very generous with his advice, too. Yeah. The guy is a as far as I'm concerned, he should be nominated for sainthood. <laughs> like a Nobel Prize for medicine or something. You know what I'm saying? He should. He really should. In a should. perfect world, yeah. he would be the head of our Surgeon General or whatever the heck we call it these yeah. days. Could you imagine? Uh, and then what he, a world. He was talking about, uh, what was I asking him about? Oh, just, uh, you know, the bowel thing and fruits, more fruits. And 
he was saying baby squash and tomatoes, and uh, and I saw he's wondering. Uh, I don't. Do you recall when we used to have the the eclectic uh, Dr. David Jubb on our show years ago? Dr. David Jubb. I remember. And he was a blood formation specialist and a microscopist, pretty geeky guy. I mean, he was pretty smart. And he would always argue that we were really a frugivores. That's, that's what he would always argue. Remember, he would always say, we're frugivores, which is uh, anything with a seed, which is like squash and tomatoes and, I don't know, what are other botanical fruits? Uh, um, even a lot of people don't realize that. But even Ray Pete said we yep. do better as a frugivore. As, yep. But now, because of all the things we put in our body, you can't do it. You can't really be a frugivore now. And you have to be in certain circumstances. Obviously, you can't be a frugivore if you're in uh, Nome, Alaska, for instance. <laughs> you can't be one even in Madison, Wisconsin, perhaps. Just too cold, you mean? Just too cold? Yeah, you, you can be it, when it gets up into cold air and, and even temperate climates, it's made more for tropical climates. Actually, temperate. You you could do it in temperate. Could Here you? we're in the temperate climate in Carpinteria. We get churamoyas, we get uh, tomatoes, we get squash. squash, we get all really really good vegetables. Barhe dates even they're grown yeah. right down here in the uh, Palm Springs area, Coachella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every now and then, a really good hunk of grass-fed, pastured pork chop sure is good. <laughs> sure tastes good. You know, I don't do much anymore, but I'm just not a, that as attracted to it as I used to be. Chicken is kind of fun every now and then, isn't it? Chicken wings, you know, they're kind of, kind of fun. We have two eggs a day every night. Oh, I did. Yeah, eggs, yeah, I do. You do two eggs every uh, night with potatoes, too? Every night. Without fail, sometimes the egg person doesn't show up, so we get messed up. But very rarely. So I'd say about three hundred days a year we eat two eggs. So that gives us about six hundred eggs a piece. Wow! For every year. And then you bake potato, right? And a baked potato almost every night too. <laughs> lots of butter. Lots of butter on the potato. Lots of butter. Lots of butter. Olive oil too. Yeah. Beets too. Oh, yeah. Garlic, too. How do you cook your beets? Uh, we just boil them. Boil them. And mm -hmm. sometimes I dexternize them. I do a lot of dexternization. Like at lunch, I take beans and I take uh, uh, the beet uh, greens and I take tomatoes and I dexternize them for about a half hour. Then I eat a whole bunch of them and it Put butter all over it, olive oil on it, Ooh. and it's delicious. How do you how do you dextrinize all those little guys together? Uh, anything at two hundred degrees for about a half hour or so is fine. The only thing you cannot dextrinize like that is rice, because hmm. if you leave rice in for like forty minutes, you'll have rocks, something yeah. totally indigestible. They have a different structure because they're pure glucose uh, put together as complex starches. So in that case, uh, you need to like, you can dextrinize it by pouring boiling water on rice in a thermos, and by morning, it's all dextrinized and ready to eat. You'll have to try that sometime. I've heard that. That'd be kind of fun. So you just take boiling water over the top and all night long, and then 
And then could you wait? Right on a Stanley thermos. <laughs> and could, or you, any kind of thermos. could you wait until lunch to do that? I guess you could, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, uh, it, 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 rice just behaves differently. Now, you can get some dextrinization out of rice by putting it in the oven for 20 or 25 minutes until it gets firm. Once it gets past that firm place, though, you don't want to be eating it. It's not good for you, and it's almost inedible anyway. Hold on a second. I'm going to change out my battery here. We're still trying to figure out how to hardwire this. This is this has been the most strangest thing ever. Just trying to hardwire this camera. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been working on it for. So I think we finally got the right parts coming. So I'm just going to change it out. So if I wanted to dextrinize beets, say in a, you know, one of those little toaster ovens that I have. Um, like a hard beat, you know, maybe the size of a golf ball. How would you do that? Uh, you just put it in the oven for, uh, you can start from scratch or just externize it for a half hour or 45 minutes in the oven at 200 degrees. And by the way, uh, I used to uh, externize soups like that. I had a friend named Street Wizard who was definitely a wizard, very powerful man. But he hated beets. So one time he came over to visit me and I served him beets in this stew. And so he wouldn't insult me feeding him. He ate the beet. <laughs> and he said, what, you, what kind of beet is this? I said, what do you mean? Because I didn't get what he was saying until I realized that it was a dextrinized beet. Hmm. So then he started eating beets because he thought those were delicious. While the regular type of beets, whether it was raw or boiled, he hated Interesting. You know, I, I, I was thinking about the other night when, or the other day after when Ray P was talking about, wasn't he talking about beets as being a good thing um, for kind of a strength in the arteries and the veins and stuff like that? And, is that one of the and they move your bowels. They move, really your, good. They move they, your bowels very too. Strong. And I was thinking about it, you know, when I hang out with uh, Richard Massey in the Recall Healing, my mom she would always brag to people that I was the best eater ever out of every, all, all the kids, that I would eat everything, anything <laughs> except one food. And you know what it was? Beets. Beets? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I thought about that. So I probably need a lot of beets. I probably got this little beet thing going on this lifetime, you know? Yeah, maybe if uh, your mother dexterized it. <laughs> well, I don't know if she did or not, but I, that's the only thing I wouldn't eat, you know. You know, there is a problem with uh, beets. Something they call super beets is just a non-organic beets. Beets will take so much nitric oxide. It's like taking Viagra. It's bad for your heart. Uh, so they're dangerous. But if you get an organic beet, they don't slurp up all that nitric oxide. No. They, no. They're perfectly healthy and one of the best foods. But when you get a non-organic one, they take dangerous amounts of nitric oxide. They are nitric oxide accumulators and won't stop eating it because they're used to needing a certain amount. And when you give them a, a non-organic fertilizer loaded with ammonia Not or nitri uh, nitrogen, then they pack up. So a super beet is a total scam. So mm -hmm. you just want to get good organic beets and, and party down. Did you ever mess with that... Um, beets and asparagus thing where you, you juice. Good. Oh, good combo. Man, 
who was the guy that did that? We had him on the show a few times. What was his name? Anyway, he's got this whole thing you can do, and you, you juice him, and you do them together, and it'll kick your booty, boy. I tell you what, I've done it a few times, and you talk about detoxing Mr. Liver. I, I think it must work on the liver, huh, when you do that? Most nighttime, they both work on the liver, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's geometric body resonance. If you look in iridology, one of the signs of cancer is an asparagus sign, they call it. Oh. So asparagus works against that very thing happening. Asparagus was overrated as curing cancer, but it definitely is something in a cancer preventative uh, program for sure, as is the beef. They tend to reduce a person's chances of getting cancer. Unless they get a non-organic beet, then they're in the wrong place. What do you think about non-organic asparagus? Every now and then, you just can't find organic. You think we get away with those every now and then? I, I think asparagus is okay mm -hmm. to get non-organic asparagus. It, it's not a nitrogen accumulator. Oh, like does it, that's the problem with non-organic. It accumulates nitrogen. Yeah. All right. Beets and some of the family in the Beets family, uh, uh, which I cannot think of a single one right now, but <laughs> maybe I can email those to you. Um, Franny wants to know, I'm really enjoying the show this morning. Thanks for Adam on, having Adam on twice in a month. Okay, we yeah, uh, we agree. Uh, can Adam name some more botanical fruits that we think as vegetables that would be good for us? Yeah, what are some more botanical fruits? Thanks for the question. So we know squash, tomatoes, uh, eggplant. No, yeah, eggplant got uh, seeds. Uh, cucumbers. Cucumbers. Are yeah, a pretty good one. Cucumbers. Yeah, they're they have it, seeds. It's better to avoid the uh, uh, the skin of the cucumber because they tend to have a bitter uh, flavor in them. Mm -hmm. But you and you cut the end of the cucumber and massage it. Hard till white stuff comes out. This is an old Texas farmer trick. On both sides, it gets the bitterness out of it. Uh, Donald Lay, my mentor, would not eat a cucumber if you didn't do that. If you gave him a, he'd take it aside and wouldn't eat it. So uh, Texas farmers will tell you that's how you make the cucumber sweet. Mm. You degas it, and in macrobiotics, they have the same thing. Sure, and the same so way. we degas our cucumbers, but we love the Persian cucumbers because they have less gas in them and they are definitely a botanical fruit what are some other ones and uh, um, vibrant gal what did you say peppers peppers yeah peppers are botanical fruits right all peppers right yep um okra okra that's one okra let's see they yeah, have seeds so oh yeah they're loaded with seeds i have to i have to look that up <laughs> actually i love okra one. too boy we have a lot of okra in texas in the summer Sometimes it's so hot in the summer here, it's the only thing you can grow. <laughs> like My first visit to Texas is the first time I ever tried fried okra. Oh, oh baby. In Fort Worth, Texas. And I got hooked. It's really good. Whether it's good for you or not, it, it actually is. It's good for hormones. Uh, so there are very good things about it. You have to watch it because it has uh, a little too much oxalic acid if you eat it all the time. One of the advantages of solar is they're going to eat it one time a day, right? You're not going to eat it at night yeah, at different times. Right. The oxalic acid works against you. What are some of the other botanical fruits? Email if you know some that we don't think of as uh, fruits if we want to become frugivores just for fun. Uh, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com where you can call and talk to Adam. 888 
6386. We're live here on the uh, 20th of April. It's about noon central time. High noon. But here in, in Texas, it may be 1206, but solar time, it's really like, uh, what? Solar time, it's only 1030. I'm an hour yeah, and a half. With, quite a bit. Yeah, with daylight savings, I'm an hour and a half off here. I mean, I'm still, I should go downstairs and get some orange juice. I'm still in spleen pancreas time, huh? Basically, with a sundial is how you tell. Well, I tell how by going on your website and I put in my latitude. That's how I tell. I go on, yep. I go on, on, on uh, Sunsink Nutrition and I got the little formula <laughs> there. That's how I know. But go ahead. You can, you can also do it with the sundial. That's how we check it out. Yep. But a sundial will work for you. Now, they, you often buy sundials that are set wrong. So you have to make sure they're set for your time. Uh, I don't quite understand the science of sundials. I don't either. So, but wait a minute. If you just set a sundial, it's going to give you the right time, right? No? Yeah. Well, they set them wrong somehow. Oh, no. Now, I when I read that, I thought, how can that be? But uh, someone else is going to have to explain you, that to me. I would you just... Know, I would suspect you just have to point them in a certain, get a compass. I think you have to point them in a certain direction, right? Due north or whatever they tell you on the directions, I, I think. I'm going to have to get I one of those for fun. Right. Yeah, I want to get see, one. see, some people use them for ornaments. They want them in their front sure. yard because they look good, so they don't care if they work or whatever. All right. But they actually do work, and of course, that was uh, ancient ways of doing it before they had mechanical clocks and bell towers. They figured out where it was going to be. Yeah, before they uh, created time. Yeah, before and, they created time and try to trick us into aging. What are you going to, yeah, come on. <laughs> tomatoes are very finicky. They they only, uh, sometimes they're only active for two hours during the day in the afternoon. So uh, they have genetically uh, modified most tomatoes now where they have a wider uh, function, but they never have got them out of midday. Mm -hmm. That's, the good news. And I believe you said that you can get the small little cherry babies, tomatoes, organic, and also the, also the ones that are even small, even bigger, but still small ones, that you said they have the most nutrition, those little guys? Yes. We like the early girls, which Her actually have a point on the end that you can cut yourself on. Huh. Early Very sharp girls. point, pointed at the end. And early girls are easy to get here. We have several sources of it. And uh, Vibrant Gal is an expert at picking them out, much better than me. She can tell if there's the slightest bit of mold, if it's going to be a soft spot. And all of our, we rarely have one go bad. We buy them, I have a big plates over there, piled with, potato, with uh, tomatoes. Be and they rarely go bad. Here's an email from Carol. A friend with a heart attack was put on super Lasix. He barely drinks water, saying that his heart has water on it. Uh, maybe he had a maybe he had a congestive heart failure. Was that what he had, Carol? The Lasix drains drains the extra water. Yeah, he must have had a congestive heart failure, not a myocardial infarction. It seems like he could create another problem by not drinking water at the same time as he's taking Lasix. What does Adam think? What is what does the Lasix do? Do we know? Uh, I'll Google no, it while I'm you're answering. I'll right. Google it while you're answering the question. I'll Google it. 
tomato juice and molasses is what uh, is one of the best things for the heart the heart time at 12 to 1 o'clock then you take tomato juice and molasses and by the way what causes most heart problems yellow fat disease yellow fat disease it's called shrunken heart disease if you take uh, omega-3 fatty acids they eventually expand your heart so it bloats up like jim fixes heart where it gets over big Mm -hmm. then it starts dehydrating and shrinks up they call it shrunken heart disease or brown heart disease and it's a version of yellow fat disease Hmm. there's all these wonderful things about omega-3 fatty acids and dha and epa on the internet but nobody comes in the back door put in yellow fat disease on bears on salmon on birds on people and you'll find to your horror that they cause disease shrunken brains heart attacks brown bowel disease Crohn's disease is just brown bowel disease which is a part of yellow fat disease they do not want to put that together because they separate it into Alzheimer's, muscular dystrophy, uh, muscular sclerosis, Parkinson's, Lou Gehrig, blah blah blah. It's yellow fat disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just googled WebMD. Um, Lasix is used to reduce extra fluid in the body, edema caused by conditions such as heart failure, liver disease, and kidney disease. So it's an edema thing. So her Carol's friend must have a congestive heart failure. And the causes of edema, I think uh, somebody asked that on Monday. Didn't Ray Pete say um, um, low thyroid, right? Low thyroid. That's one of the reasons. Now, I had edema and I just had yellow fat disease. You just had Remember, too much- in 2015, I thought I was on the way out because I started getting these I actually started getting warnings about it in about 2006, but they'd be really brief cases. Then, uh, when I first got here to Montecito, my feet swelled up, and I thought, holy cow, it went away again. So I thought, oh, I'm okay. Then I got a really serious case where my foot swelled up quite a bit. And always, my one foot would be slightly, you could tell the ankle wasn't quite right. After I got off tuna, and any kind of things to do with omega-3s, bingo. Both of my ankles have been normal since 2015. That's seven years now without any problem. And before, I was on the way out with edema. My, I was breaking down. Petechia, it, I think Ray Pete even mentioned it Monday. Petechia are when the blood vessels get weak and they start breaking. Well, they can break in your brain. They can break in your heart. They can break anyplace else. I was getting it on a regular basis about every month. I couldn't wipe my butt because it would bleed. Now I can wipe it with sandpaper after so I started. What else, what else were you doing other than the tuna? What else was happening besides no, edema? No, what else were you doing besides the, tum- the tuna to get too many omega Oranges. No, no, no. Oranges. What else were you doing besides the tuna to give you Oh, that gave me the problem. Yeah. Uh, Mayonnaise was one of them. (laughs) Yeah. But also, uh, I ate, I I actually never fell for the flaxseed thing. So it was mostly tuna. Tuna. Now, tuna is one of the better fish to eat compared to salmon. It's less fatty in a can. Tuna, when you eat it fresh, has a lot of oil. But they take a lot of the oil out of canned tuna 
And when you put olive oil in it, it drains it into the olive oil. Well, I didn't eat the olive oil. I just ate the tuna. If I had had extra money and been buying at a health food store, the water pack, I would have been in more serious problems. But because I ate so much tuna, there was a time before I got into solar, I ate tuna two or three times a day. Oh, no I wonder you. That's how you really got in trouble with the edema was all that tuna. <laughs> It was tuna. I mean, tuna you every bet. now and then is not going to kill you, right? I mean, it, it, no, yeah. no. See, like anything in moderation is, is not going to, a Twinkie is not going to kill you, you know? People make too much of taking one time. Even a huge dose of iodine won't hurt you. It's perpetually taking it where the, the body starts to think, hmm, I think I'm going to defend myself against this because there's a leak here. Yeah. But once in a while, the, the body takes a, a, a it takes a poison as a tonic, and it gives you immunity against it. Which nuts have uh, um, enough omega-3s to not eat too many? Uh, cashews are one that uh, Ray Pete mentioned. Macadamia is another one he mentioned. Now, we take walnuts for other reasons, but we only take one walnut. Just one. We don't take uh, one. any more than that because I want the manganese and certain other things out of the walnut. I don't want the omega-3s. I would never take a walnut oil, for, no. for God's sake. No. But the walnut has other things in it, so the tiny bit in that is like, if I ate a whole bunch of butter, I'd get the same amount. If I ate enough butter uh, or eggs, you get more in. Uh, so we pretty much stay to like the almond, which has almost no omega-3s in it. And this is an interesting thing about Ray P. He blames poopers. In the 14 books I've written about uh, yellow fat disease, I have never found a case of an omega-6 causing yellow fat disease. I'm sure it causes a bunch of other things. I couldn't write a single book about it. But the connection between yellow fat disease and omega-3s is so startling, you can't miss it. It's a direct cause. Like eating one food can cause cancer, can cause heart disease. Well, omega-3, always i mean always hmm. in parentheses uh, in quotation marks always causes yellow fat disease eventually might take you years if you have a certain amount of vitamin e selenium you have some protection but eventually it's going to catch up with you and lipoclustin will fill the cells as much as 40 percent uh it's been written about by life extension experts arbor de gray etc etc Three of the uh, seven deadly sins of aging are yellow fat disease. Mm. So I just Googled, what are the highest omega-3 fatty acid foods? I just took the first thing, so who knows if it's real, but let's just for fun do it. Oh, look at this first one, grass-fed beef. Interesting. That's high omega-3s? Now, grass-fed beef, there's something that uh, I would ask Ray Pete about. Yeah. Number one, if you eat the liver of it, they often get yellow fat disease really? in the liver. Really? So, but as he says, because they have multiple stomachs, they seem to have a resistance against the grass, which is full of omega-3 fatty acids. But what about people grass. eating the beef? Do you think that's giving people? They're, usually it's okay. okay. Usually it's okay, okay then the because next one... it's so low compared to pigs and chickens. The next... Pigs and chickens eat that, they yeah. get in trouble. Next one is uh, anchovies. Okay, we don't eat a lot of anchovy pizzas anymore. We used to. Fontana cheese. Oh, whatever that is. 
When I was a vegetarian, the hardest thing to give up was bacon and anchovies. I loved anchovies. Spinach. I'm Swedish. Come on. Is My spinach? parents were fishermen. Yeah. Is spinach high in omega threes? I would be into yellow fat disease. Spinach high in omega threes. That's a, that's on this list. Is that right? Spinach. Which? You can. Yeah. You. You can. Uh, you, you're gonna have to get you. you. We should put some headphones on you so you can hear me a little easier. Uh, your speaker mm-hmm. thing. Spinach. Spinach. Oh, spinach. That has oxalic acid, and so it has a problem. Uh, but it says but, it's high on omega threes. Is it? Uh, you know they have some. Uh, spinach is a valuable food, but it's overrated for the things it has in it. Uh, mm. I don't combine spinach. I, I don't really go for food combining much, but apparently spinach and tomato they're not that good a combination. So I usually don't eat them together. And because I love tomato so much, I don't eat much spinach. <laughs> yeah, there's no room for it. Let's see if we find another one. I don't like this list. This is no fun. I always go to the list; it's more fun. Let's find another one. See if we can get a. Oh, I guess we could go to WebMD. Eight foods high in omega threes. Let's see what they have to say. You know, since they're the belly, the beast, right? Okay, they probably <laughs> they probably go by the USDA thing. So you know, uh, well, they're probably gonna, as accurate as any. Flaxseed oil, number one. Hmm. Canola oil. See, these guys are on it. Chia seeds. Boom. Salmon. Boom. <laughs> okay. Uh, walnuts, mayonnaise. Well, okay, we should have went to went at WebMD. They seem like they got a good list going here, right? I never fell for the flax oil. First of all, no? I didn't like the taste of it. No. I'm an olive oil guy. I must have some Italian in me. Sure, maybe. Canola oil, God bless. I wish these, all these natural food, health food things, you know. It's, even if you get an organic salad dressing, I'm just, make, I'm just looking for recipes. I'm going to make my own. You know, I mean, for because they have it in reverse, don't yeah. they? See, I tell people look at the DHA list and the omega threes and start from the bottom. Orange roughy is a fish that lives for up to two hundred years. It doesn't have any DHA, and and yet it's deep. If DHA actually protects you underwater, there must be another way of doing it because they're deep in the dark where it can help them. But they don't even need it. And they live 200. A salmon, lucky if it makes it for nine years. Yeah, right? what's up with that, right? 200 years for an That's orange roughy, nine years for a salmon. Which one do you want to eat, right? Exactly. And as Ray Pete said, the dry fish are fine. Yeah, like don't cod. eat the cod liver. Don't yeah. eat the haddock liver. No. Eat, don't eat the shark liver. Eat the, the, the dry fish. You can tell it's crumbly and dry, not yeah. oily. Boy, we could get some good cod here. It's... it's uh, Fresh and uh, wild caught, I think, in the North Atlantic. Not too expensive. That's what I like. Sole. Uh, Ray Pete said sole's a good one, right? And you like orange roughy, too. That's for low in omega-3s. Right? For hundreds of years uh, in Harvard, if you didn't eat cod, you could be expelled from Harvard. Is that a big cod. Really? But well, they didn't eat the liver. They ate the cod. Just the cod, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're in the New England, for God's sake. That's cod territory. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is uh, the fellow that asked the question about the allergy, and that he's going to go and get probably get your your mind hacking book and talk to Melissa Sell both, and he's going to really get taken up. He says, "I have a question about the baking soda. I understand that baking soda will alkalize the body, but doesn't baking soda increase CO two, 
which would acidify. It acidifies. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a mistake because uh, your oxygen alkalizes you. And that's pretty obvious. It's, and it starts to break you down. It actually uncoils DNA. But carbon dioxide coils DNA and organizes you. Now, you can get too much. If you get too much carbon dioxide, you die, obviously. We're talking about a window of opportunity between both. But without, without CO2, you cannot, alcohol, you cannot acidify. In fact, in India, where they're on a vegetarian diet, it works for them because they have to counter the acidity of meditation by eating alkaline vegetables. Hmm. In the United States, it might not work as well. So I, I think uh, Constantine is alluding to the idea that maybe acidify is not good, but it's not bad. No. That's what they think. Acidify is is good, good because that's anabolic. If you don't acidify, you have no muscle. But they've conned people. You know, I wrote a book called Acidify or Die as a commentary on Alkalizer Die. You've seen that ridiculous book? This yes. ridiculous book has a cover of a beautiful waterfall and woods and everything up in the mountains. And then it has a desert, and your acidification, your alkalizing is that beautiful forest. And here you have the acidic desert all dry. Right. Has that author never heard of alkali flats? You don't find acid in desert. You find alkali flats, dried up, mm. dehydrated messes. You go to the mountains, you find the most acids. The pine trees are so acid, you can't work regular crops below them because it's acidic. That it, book, when I saw that, I broke out laughing in the health food store when I first saw it. And I thought, I'm going to write a rebuttal to that. Acidifier die. And of course, either one can get you in trouble. We're in dynamic balance. We're more acid in the morning, more alkaline at night. And it's designed that way to dynamically switch back and forth. Sure. Ravisi knew it. Adonis Lay knew it. And... Anyone with a brain knows it, but obviously these people fall for that alkalinity. He's David Jubb included. Yep, yep. He's a pretty interesting fellow. His name is uh, Young, right? Young. And he, he really gets the whole germ theory thing. He's got some great blogs on the germ theory, and he gets that. But uh, we interviewed him one time, and he's, I mean, he really thinks that you should just just eat all alkaline foods. And uh, But I, I just, I don't, it doesn't. Anyway, oh, what squashes are, are oh, what squashes, excuse me, what squashes are mentioned as botanic fruits? I think any squash, any any food with a seed, if it's got a seed in it, it's a fruit. So just look. And a flower. And a flower. That's and right. Flower. All yep. squashes All have flower. a flower before they bloom, before they fruit. Tomatoes and squashes and uh uh, okra, yeah, it's got a flower, and then they have seeds. Those are botanic fruits, botanical fruits. Those are botanic fruits. Sometimes they used to call them fruit dough vegetables, oh, yeah. but I can't find that term on the internet anymore. No. Interesting. Well, it was really common back in the eighties. They just made that term up, dude. <laughs> but they, they just yeah, made, I guess, and it disappeared again. <laughs> they just made that. Oh, let's just call them this. You know, they just go. Um, Ask Adam if lots of tequila can cause edema. Uh, edema, 
is mainly caused by uh, fatty acids again and becoming over over alkalinity. It's a perfect example. If the fluids can't be whole, be held, it's your body is breaking down into what they call entropy. Now they have two words, and to show you how screwed up science is, <laughs> what do they call the positive? Neg entropy. If you build up, it's neg entropy. It's negative. If you break down, it's entropy, heat death. So basically, oxygen causes you to overheat and break down into heat, while coal, the frozen chosen, builds you up to become acidic. So actually, your acidity is the lack of edema, and everything is perfectly in sync. When you get edema, you're breaking down into a puddle. You're no more table, it's puddle. <laughs> so, okay. Oxygen. He's, so this fellow wrote back, he said, I'm not saying acidifying is bad. My question is, let's see if we can help this fellow out finally, is baking soda alkalizing or acidifying? It's alkalizing, right? You know, at one time I would have thought it could be acidifying because it's not just carbon dioxide. It has other chemicals in it too. Hydrogen, I believe, if I remember the formula. But according to Ray Pete, it does get in your stomach and the carbon dioxide absorbs and does acidify it. So that's Ray Pete's uh, opinion on that. And I'm really not sure. Okay. I, would, I don't take baking soda because there are problems with it. And when people... Why would I take baking soda when I eat my meal or with coffee? Why would I sabotage the hydrochloric acid in my my stomach, sure. which is designed sure. to acidify it, to make the pepsin come in and everything work? Why would I put baking soda? I hear this on Ray Pete's side all the time, and I think those people are crazy. Ray Pete wouldn't do that, I'm sure. So so I think the, the question came up because you would recommend it, possibly a little baking soda, for the person's father who had a stroke. Why? Because the acidification helps the stroke victim? You know, you're going to have to ask Ray Pete because I have, I was surprised as as anybody but anybody would that that would work. Hey, gee, I would never have thought of doing that. But Ray Pete said, brought him right around, cured the stroke. So that's a mystery to me. And if any listener has any ideas about that, I'd like to know. <laughs> well, I wonder why acidification of the body would help a stroke victim. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't think it's acidification. No. I think it's something else. Something else. That happened. Some kind of change, but maybe. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, somebody that's had a stroke, what would be a little bit, It's not, what would be a hurt, you know? What would, what yeah, would hurt? Yeah, that's a good question for Ray P. Yeah. Remember it for next week. Because I'd like to know that myself. No, it I would never have thought of giving that for a stroke. I would recommend yawning, stretching, uh, eating pro protein foods, spirulina, a whole bunch of other things for the stroke. And I've had some success with that, but never a remission of symptoms just like that. Usually it's a long, drawn-out process of relearning how to use your fingers and mouth and everything else to go with. Oh, maybe maybe that product that we really like, the bio superfood with all these microalgaes, right? All the greens, uh, spirulinas and all that, that would be a good for a stroke person maybe. Worth trying, There right? is a rule that I learned first from Dr. Steve Scheiber, 
anything can cause anything and anything can cure anything. Yeah, yeah you don't so, know, uh, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, there, there's an interesting case because people have asked me about cancer lately and which book they should buy that I've written on cancer. And actually, the books I have written about cancer are for people who want to know what happens when they get cancer in advance. If a person has cancer now, uh, you will find uh, Not Cancer, Cancel, my book on cancer, is of very little use because there's too much to learn. Ravisi had an overall understanding of it that really needs to be in hospitals. And what about the other book I wrote, which is basically Dr. Beard's work? Well, it'll give you a couple extra uh, years, but it will not cure cancer in all cases because, first of all, Gonzalez and uh, Kelly did not follow Beard's directions. You have to use an injection. You cannot use the other method. So their, their techniques were useless except for placebo. And then the other book I've written is about nitrogen. And yes, it might give you a little time. So I started writing another book called The Big C, which is about things you can do like uh, mainly it's the Greek guy. Didn't he go to Icarus? What was the island? Remember, the doctors, 10 doctors, one doctor diagnosed him with fatal cancer. He had months to live. Nine other doctors subscribed to it. So they recommended chemo and all that stuff. He wanted to die with his ancestors in Greece. So he went to this island. And while he was there, he started playing dominoes. He started growing a garden. He eventually put an extra couple of rooms on his parents' house, met with all of his friends, drank a bottle or two of wine. And what happened? 25 years went by. He wondered, why am I not dead? So he went back to Florida. <laughs> why am I not and he dead? to find his doctors and ask them. All 10 were dead. Why am he I not lived dead? Until 98. He claimed he was 101, but the records claimed it was 98. So this is the kind of thing with cancer. Enjoy. Start watching movies, live your heart's desire, and if you can, mind hack and find out who's the matter with you and get past that. Whatever you need to do, go to Hawaii, live in a boat. Most people live lives of quiet desperation. Yes, sir. That's what they're over. I agree. Lives of quiet desperation. And they fool themselves that they're really happy. They settle for the middle. Like, I used to do affirmations that said, my business is doing better. I said, I don't want my business to do better. I want to be on the beach in Hawaii. I want to have the money already. Why should I settle for the middle? So many people will do that kind of affirmation, and then they'll be stuck with their business for the rest of their life and never get to the beach. So the middle man is most important. And you know, doing affirmations can do that. Uh, I've done affirmations before and had miracles happen. Yeah, boy, you know, it, you, I think that we've had so many lifetimes of just people trying to tell us, let me turn this thing off, uh, so many lifetimes of people telling us that we just don't deserve to be happy, you know? That's right. I mean, don't you think? It's just crazy. And we do. This is what God, I don't think God wants anything, uh, but if God did want something, it would want us to be happy productive, madly abundant, because God doesn't care if you're rich, 
<laughs> God doesn't care if you got warm coat or dry or fly first class. That's all nonsense, you know. You just, you know, you don't get extra points for being poor. That's old Buddhist, you know, crapola, excuse my language, you know. Uh, it's just not true. It's just not true. It's Buddhist, Hindu, all these people thinking, well, if I don't have anything and I walk around in rags, so, you know, no. It's a big scam, folks. <laughs> you know, my friend Greg Whiteley, uh, sometimes he spends time in Austin, uh, gives people affirmations for prosperity. Really, it's for other things. The affirmations are built on Leonard Orr's type of work back in the day, you know, where you did affirmations to clear things out of the hardware so that you could use the software. Yeah. We're designed so if you need a Cadillac, it just appears. If it doesn't, you have to go back and say, what did your mother tell you? What did your dad tell you? What did your boss tell you? Do you deserve a Cadillac? So one time, I was low on money, and Greg flew me up to Idaho, where he's up in Sandpoint, and I told him, I'm going to do affirmations because I'm running out of money. He said, I've heard that before. I said, no, this time I'm really going to do it. So I went home, and my rent, I paid my rent, and now I had $200 in the bank. And my rent for 275 was due. I had a very cheap rent at that time. So I started typing affirmations. I didn't do anything but type affirmations. Seven affirmations a day for 15 times. I typed them regularly all day, and... Nothing happened. One day before my rent was due, I get a call from a swami. A swami calls me up in Hollywood and said, you worked on me before and I have a problem I need to do. Where are you? I said, I'm in Sedona. I mean, I'm, I'm in Tucson. I'm in Hollywood. How do I get there? I said, well, there's an airport here. You can fly in. Let me call you back. He calls up. I'll be there at nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> so, okay. So we pick him up at the airport. He comes to me and I said, you want to go to sleep and we'll start working tomorrow? No, let's start working right now. I work on him all night and he pays me close to a thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> and then, and, and so in the morning I, I tell my landlord, hey, I got to rent a lot more too. And then immediately I got a workshop in Denver where I made $5,000. And then this, the Swami comes back Guess, guess who her, his disciples were? Topless dancers. He only took topless dancers <laughs> as his disciples. So he comes with all these topless dancers, and I get to work on them, and he gives me another $1,000. And anyway, so here I am, bucks up again, $8,000. And being a, what do you call it, a low achiever, I just kick back at the pool and work on the computer and do my research and go to the library again for another six months. <laughs> so affirmations definitely work. I've, I've done it myself. I've seen him work for other people. And my friend Greg Whiteley is an example. He's a world traveler from someone who had nothing, and he decided to write affirmation, and he said his whole world changed around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to really, I like, I like to really uh, think about uh, spirit, divine spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. We call it the act or chi uh, or as providing everything that I need, right? It's great. We sell products, and you sell books and stuff. And but I know that the, all the juice is from spirit, and spirit works with other people to buy the products. And I don't have to worry about that, right? So that's the way I right. do it. Yeah, I think that's where where it all comes from. I refuse to worry <clears throat> because it corrupts my divine mechanism, as Adamo Lay put it. That's right. 
<laughs> and 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 then people worry about worrying, and that just brings fresh worry, right? <laughs> you know, that'll make you crazy too. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Did you? Oh, I just wanted to mention this. Sometimes I go on and see some of your your uh, comments on your blog. You've got some pretty wild stuff on there. Um, you answer all these people? Do you, do you you go on your blogs and answer them? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Somebody, uh, Jovan, on one of your blogs, I thought this was interesting just to mention uh, the people, they live in Serbia, which is heavily bombarded with depleted uranium. Uh, I wonder what, and there's anything, the foods that we could do to help detoxify. I wonder what people could do if they're in like Ukraine and right now to help. You know, radiation is yellow fat disease. It's a way to get it without taking any oils. Ravisi found out that uh, what happens with radiation is you turn the fats in your body into omega-3s when, you, when you're exposed to it. Hmm. So if, you, if alkalinity was so good, you could just go and expose yourself to Fukushima and you would get all the alkalinity you ever wanted. Yeah, you would be so alkaline and have edema. Edema is one of the things that you get from radiation. So when you take omega-3s, you're basically doing that. So what happens if you're exposed to radiation? You take opposite you take lots of cholesterol you take lots of protein you take lots of sugar uh, you take everything but avoid omega-3s because they are going to put your radiation on steroids Ravisi was an expert for the u.s navy he gave them all the information on radiation and things like that back in the day and what did they reward him by taking away his medical license yeah so you you had said before that um the Ravisi book, which you can get at, um, what's the fellow's name? What's his website? The Ravisi book. Oh, a man. It, I see. It's the uh, the uh, uh, the crazy pharmacist. Crazy, was it? That, yeah, that's right. Steve something. Yeah, we had him on the show. The crazy pharmacist, right. and then he's got the Ravisi book. And you said, if nothing else, just read the first chapter. That will give you the concepts of what. Ravisi's dealing with yes, and if you if you wish to protect yourself from cancer and actually get some laws changed, then by all means read the whole book. I have two copies of it in paperback, and now though it's so easy thanks to this this guy Steve whatever his name is a blessing by putting that up because now you can put the search in, you can put oxygen, you can put oh, cool. uh, entropy, you can put whatever it is and get anything you want. It's it's the best search organization on the internet right now, and I use it almost daily. I've wow. got it right on my other computer here. Yeah. So, <laughs> why so was, easy to read. How did you figure out this Ravisi guy? When did he live, and how did you figure out he was on, on top of his game? How did you know? Totally by accident, maybe, if there if is you any believe such in, thing. If you believe in such a thing, yeah. I did a solar class down in San Diego, and some guy showed up, and he told me about Ravisi. Well, he gave me some information, and I attempted to, it was so fascinating to me, I tried to translate it, and I went in circles. 
because he had given me some of the wrong information with the right. Some of the old acid alkaline things from Herman O'Hara, was that his name, the macrobiotic guy? So, of course, I kept on getting to a dead end. I was so frustrated. So finally, in Austin, I went and got a copy of the book. You have to wash your hands, take everything out of your pockets, uh, go in where they watch you. They bring you the book. They bring you a pencil and watch you as you look at the book. That's the first time I read the Ravisi book. Later, I got copies of it. And I realized I had never come across such a broad, comprehensive hmm. view of disease ever before in my life, including cellular nutrition. And so I was hooked ever there. And so I got my, I got a copy of my book because of my friend Greg Whiteley, he has a, uh, a, a person in his group named Cherry. She, he said, get the book. And she's one of these people that follows through. She found him at his home. <laughs> and got his home phone number and he said sure we'll send you books so he sent three copies and that's how i got my first copy of Rubisi. it is so underlined now in red blue yellow codes writing all over it it's almost useless to me can you still <laughs> so get I got that another book, book from can my you, can you, friend can, Elliot, Elliot yamamoto who often writes yeah. comments and uh can in your show can people still buy the book in the paperback I don't think so, because uh, the publisher was instructed by Big Farmer to burn all 40,000 remainders. They didn't want that book to get out What's there. the name of it? What's the title? Uh, it's called uh, the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> I can't even think of the title. It's so long. It's harder than the, the vehicle. All you have to do is put Ravisi textbook. It pops up automatically. And if that doesn't bring it, put the, that crazy pharmacy. Oh, so you, you don't know the name. I'm going to do it right now. Let's see what comes up. It's a name with about 25 words in it. The, oh. the, the, the guided chemotherapy, uh, which has nothing to do with standard chemotherapy, with special application to cancer. This is as much as I've almost memorized the book, I always have trouble with that title. Reversing the, the research in philosophical as a basis for guided chemotherapy with special application to cancer. That one? You got it. Isn't that quite a title? Huh? <laughs> well, look at that. I just pulled it up. Biological Immunity Research Institute. They've got the whole thing. Um, the whole thing right here. All chapters, too. Wow. That's great, too. I like uh, the other copy because of all this uh, searches, but I know there are other copies up there. And an author actually sent me a translation in Spanish wow. that somewhere in my files I have because Ribisi has uh, gotten worldwide attention because his stuff works. He's the only one that was healing brain gliomas and cancers subtly. Now, villains actually backed him up. Do you know who testified in his behalf to get his license back? Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> And a whole bunch of other people. You, you almost can't name someone in the health food field that didn't testify in his behalf. He got his medical license back at 100 years old, and look, he lived till 101. Look what we and just he, found. He died a medical yeah. doctor again. Look what we just found. Research in filial, how do you say it? Physiopathology as basis of guided chemotherapy with special application to cancer. 1961, leather bound. 61? On yeah, Amazon. On Amazon. 
$106. It used to sell for $600 on, uh, but now I guess it's gotten down quite a bit because it's free on the internet. Now it's only $100. $100. Then they also have then a, a paperback uh, for, uh, well, 119 the Kindle version. So, you know, they gets around. But you really think it's, I mean, if you really want to just get geeky, you think it's worth it, huh? You know what? Medical doctors have said it's complicated, but uh, but I find their medical textbooks, try and read a regular medical textbook. It's like in Latin. And that book to me was so easy to, to read. I mean, it's not an easy read, but I knew enough medical terminology to get through it. If I didn't know a word, I looked it up. In fact, I put a lot of those definitions in the book when I was going through it. Sure. I almost got my medical education from revising. And it's so yeah, I thought it's not easy to read. It's not like something you're going to zip through in a weekend. You just when you when you want to hang out for an hour and just learn about, you might as well learn from somebody that got his act together. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, it brings up a point again on uh, your show on Monday, I believe it was, where. Uh, Ray Pete does not like Dr. Arthur Guyton. You notice that? I know. I, uh, I don't. Uh, Arthur who? I think he, Arthur who? Dr. Arthur Guyton. Mm -hmm. I think he was saying on this last show you had that he was responsible for the germs being released by the Navy over uh, over uh, San Francisco right, and all that. Right, right, right. But here's an interesting thing. He was talking about they put cutting wads up people's butt to yeah. give them a headache yeah. to disprove autotoxemia. Dr. Guyton, when I first found his textbook, it was the only textbook I read overnight. A, 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 a medical student gave it to me, and I was so fascinated by it, he said he's coming back the next day to take it. So I didn't sleep that night. I read the whole thing, the whole medical textbook. And one of the things he had for being holistic was he... Uh, he he knew about the study of putting both gotten watts and balloons and saying no such thing as auto-toxification. So what did he do? He cut the nerves in people. Wow. And they got wow. headaches. Couldn't be neurology. Had to be toxemia. So he disproved that. And he did a lot of those things in the book. So that part of him, here is a man. Most medical textbooks have 40 to 140 people writing the book. His first nine editions, he wrote by himself, wow. entirely by himself. And you know the reflexicizers you sell? He's the one that helped get that popularized. Oh, you mean the, the, the rebounder? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the author of the Golden 7 plus 1, C, uh, yeah, I forget, West or whatever his name was, uh, he allowed him in a medical group to explain his ideas when other doctors wouldn't let him in. And we have many trampolines because of Dr. West and Dr. Guyton. Hmm. So anyway, I'm really interested <laughs> what Guyton did to get Ray Pete so aggravated at him. <laughs> Paul Errett and Arthur Guyton, he hates those guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Guyton, yeah, Guyton's got that one about the the whole thing on the physio physiology, right, of the body. That's a classic. What is it? I don't know what it's called, but I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, he wrote 40 books, but but you go to when he died, the whole book is perverted. 
Now it's really? white mumbo jumbo. I mean, medical books are so full of lies and mythology and false statements that you might as well read Greek mythology or something. It's, it will actually tell you more than medical physiology books and anatomy books will today. What they brainwash people in medical school are 90% lies. 10%, they every once in a while get some, something right. People get cured by chemotherapy, but for everyone that gets cured, 100 die. Yeah. And before we go, I wanted to ask you, um, how would I tell, I really love these oils from Andreas, but I don't want to do omega-3s, right? Um, and so we've got things like cumin and coriander and pumpkin seed. I, I think those are really low in omegas, wouldn't they be, pumpkin seed? They are They are low. I believe uh, even Ray Peter said that yeah. black cumin seed is uh, really powerful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How about hemp seed oil? Do you know, is that high in omegas? Uh, it's actually high, high. in yeah. omega three, but but it's about it's lower than uh, flax. Definitely lower than flax. Definitely lower than flax. Coriander. The, that's just uh, cilantro, right? I mean, that's. I think coriander is okay, yeah. and uh, I think they mix it in some coffees, don't they? Coriander. They mix it in what? Coffee. In coffee? Oh, I don't, don't know. They mix? Yeah, I don't know. I think they do. So, so I think I'll just go on and find maybe a USDA thing list and see the omega-3 levels of these oils to know which ones I want to take, right? And I, I wonder how you would, I, I guess you would just have to compare it to see how low these things are compared to whatever. You know. If you look up, even on Wikipedia, yeah. here's, the, here's the Wikipedia rule. If they're going to tell you how something works, uh, roll your pants up. It's too late to save your shoes. And they lie. <laughs> but, but if they tell you an almond tree is 20 feet tall or something has something in it, they're usually pretty accurate. Okay. So if you want to find how much omega-3s are in something or something like that. But when it comes to what does an omega-3 do, yeah, then that's when you forget about Wikipedia. They lie completely. <laughs> I see. So the kind of basic stuff, you, you're okay with Wiki, but yeah. It's invaluable to me as a researcher. I go there, I'm going to find out how many omega-3s are in this or how many of, of uh, cholesterol, all of this. They're very accurate about that, but it's the interpretation of it that they mess up with. Uh, if I want to find out, like, since solar nutrition involves growth period, as you can see, tree, bush, root, all of that kind of thing. If I want to look up, uh, I get some strange plant I never heard of. Just say I didn't know what a Brazil nut was. I would go to Wikipedia, it would tell me it grows 100 feet to 120 feet tall, and now I got the information I need. If they want to interpret it, though, I don't listen to read any of that stuff. I just read what you, obviously, they have a photograph of a lot of times, and there it is. Oh, here you go. I just did Wiki. One of the highest uh, foods uh, of flax, yeah, hemp, sardines, mackerel, salmon, mm, tuna, swordfish, pollock, catfish, flounder, mai mai, red snapper, king mackerel. Now you've gone way down here. Turkey's got probably nothing. Even red meat's got barely nothing. Huh, interesting. Yep. Uh, prawns, broccoli, nothing. Eggs, 
really low, 0 0.109 in eggs. That's nothing, right? Yep. It, you see, on the on the gradual stuff, now there are lies. Like, if you look up eggs, it says no vitamin C. If you look up beef, no vitamin C. Well, if we take vitamin C so it's in our body, how can there not be vitamin C in animals? They can't live without it. So how can you not get vitamin C? Ray Peters pointed out the absurdity of the statement that meat doesn't have vitamin C. It has lots of vitamin C in it. It looks like milk has zero, so my little goat's milk. No omega-3s there, right? Nothing. It's, it's very minimal, and yes, because the, uh, the milk is, is filtered so you don't get too many omega-3s to shrink the brain of the cow. Oh, this is like... But we will take oh, it to yeah. shrink human brains. Now, they say cod, which uh, Ray Pete mentioned, is um, 0. 0.15 to 0. 0.24 in omegas. That's pretty low, isn't it, a point? You know, there, there are about the same amount of omegas in an egg or in, or in meat and other food. Right. Butter, butter has 2% omega-3. You can't avoid it. But see, your body can handle a certain amount. It's like if you have a shop and someone brings in 10 tables to repair in a week, you can do it. But when they bring in a uh, 1,000 tables, you can't do it. The same with the liver. It can handle a certain small amount of omega-3s. It's designed that way. But when you force it on it, oh, I'm going to take it out of the food and take it as a fish oil and going to take it as a, uh, as a, as a drug, as EPA uh, and uh, DHA, your liver rebels <laughs> rebel it gets killed <laughs> yeah um yeah it looks like uh wow it looks like uh let's see here cod liver yeah uh walnut oil boy walnut oil man 15 percent omega-3s canola oil 11 percent soybean oil 11 percent that's huge no wonder you don't want yep. those things how about flax oil? Wow, some of that up to 50% omega-3s. See, what you don't want is a fast-drying uh, fast oil. Like you take linseed oil, which is flax oil. Flax oil. They tell you don't leave it lying around near a rat. Why? Because it combusts. It's a fast-drying <laughs> oil. Now, take fish oil. It goes a step further. If you just leave it sit, it explodes. Okay. It blows up ships. So there is a rule. You cannot transport fish meal or fish oil without ethoxyquin being in it in a certain degree. It's a chemical by Monsanto. Monsanto has known about yellow fat disease since the 1960s. They've been pro providing things to prevent it. And now they're making a, a soybean that is low in it and have fooled professionals to think that it's linolenic oil, uh, linoleic oil instead of linolenic oil because they both promote omega-3 oils as being good and omega and linolenic acid as being bad. It's the same thing. Word magic. That was rascal. Same thing. Bad if it's called this, good. And even the professionals don't know the difference between linoleic and linolenic acid. In biotech magazines, they say Monsanto's taking the linoleic out. And Monsanto knows they're that stupid. But because they say clearly in their YouTube commercial, we're taking out the linolenic acid. 
And then in another one, they say, by the way, we're selling the Omega-3 oils here. They're really good for you. <laughs> I mean, by the way, Monsanto, Bayer, DuPont, and this other company, whatever their name is, that are putting out a trillion-dollar soybean industry, taking out the Omega-3 fatty acids so that the fish won't die prematurely that they raise in fish farms and so that it doesn't gum up the machines of uh, of the uh, uh, of your fast food restaurants yeah. and with their new low omega-3 oil you can you can run it in your car oh, because yeah. omega-3s will mess up your car really quickly <laughs> try putting fish oil in your oil tank in your car and see what happens <laughs> Okay, we got to tell you that part. We have a final email here. Um, morning, you two rascals. I just tuned in. By <laughs> she calls us rascals. I can't believe she called us rascals. Uh, uh, my question for Adam is: What can I do, or check, or check with my husband to understand why he's always so tired and brain fog? Takes a lot of caffeine pills and a prescription to help him keep focus, but it doesn't really work. What can this lady do for a husband just to feed it to him maybe that he wouldn't even know because he probably wouldn't take something if she tells him to take it, right? You know, it's difficult to tell another person sure. anything like that right. until they get in so much pain that they listen. Right. Uh, Any heartburn, ideas? Uh, heartburn means you're putting something in your mouth. No, not heartburn. No, he's just tired and take some caffeine to get focused, focused. Yeah, you know, tiredness again, that is a problem for uh, mind hacking because it's who's the matter with who's him, I guarantee. Who's the matter with you, yeah. Who's yeah and, now, there's clues. Without learning to mind hack, here's a clue. I had a good friend of mine in Port Arthur, and he comes to me because he's exhausted. So while he's talking to me, his kids are yelling in the background. He turns around, I'm sick of you sick and tired of you kids yelling like that when you stop it stop it so i brought it to his attention you know what we say is what we get you're saying i'm sick and tired over and over how many times do you tell that to your kids well all the time well he said you're right i gotta stop doing that 20 minutes into the conversation i'm sick and tired of you kids doing that <laughs> so a big fat mouse is what a donor called it gets us into trouble yeah. so somewhere along the line He's saying something like that or thinking something like that. And where did he get it? He could only get it from a man or a woman or an it, which is really rare. Very few people get a trauma from an it. It's don't traumatize us. How many people do you know who say, I fell down that stairway in 1960 and I'm going to get even with that stairway no matter how long it takes in my life to get even with that stairway? But how many people do you know, I hate my parents, and I hope they go to hell, and I hate my ex-wife, and I hate my ex-husband, and I hate all of that? Yeah, but no stairwells show up. Uh, not even dogs usually show up. Don't so people get afraid of a dog. Okay, Mr. B, we've done three hours almost, and it's time for lunch. Thank you so much. It was a great show. We covered a lot of territory. Would you hold on a second? I want to chat off the air for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Would you do that? Okay, you hang out there. Thank you, brother. Tell folks about your two websites. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's where you get the books. Solartimey.com. That's where the books Solar are. Solartimey.com. And on sunsync.com, uh, uh, you get... You get uh, um, 
$99, you get all of my blogs, you get a color recycling chart, you get food lists, you get what time is in your local area, wherever you are in the world, and a whole bunch of other things. A lot of good stuff, forever. All right, brother, our love to you and to uh, Vibrant Gal. You stay away from those communistas out there. They'll make you crazy, you know. Just don't let them, don't let them get you, you know. They'll make your brain crazy. You know? Take care of yourself. We're hiding out. Okay, you hang on a second. I want to talk to you. Thank you. Adam Bergstrom, OneRadioNetwork.com, Patrick Timpone. Somebody sent me uh, the latest uh, Amanda Vollmer uh, video, uh, another follow-up, and the other one we we did post another follow-up to the uh, uh, it's in the water, watch the water, uh, the venom thing, and he said this is really cool. I haven't seen it, but I'll take a chance, and I think we're going to stream it now after I talk to Adam for a minute, and then we'll we'll replay Adam's show if you've just tuned in, and then as we do, we always stream it oh for three, four, five, six days after the show, and a lot of people get a chance to. To watch it, and we'll we'll mix it up with the artist's show and Adam's show and Pete's show, and Massey's show. All the stuff we've done this week, until we come back and see you live on Friday, and see what kind of trouble we can get into on our Friday edition of it. Take us takes a long time to get young, which is what we generally talk about on Fridays. So I love you all very much. Thanks for your support. Uh, stick around. We're going to stream this uh, Amanda Vollmer uh, video. And then uh, about, and when she's finished, then we'll restream Adam's show here. And so don't forget, we have probably, I don't know, I don't know, 15 years of audios on our website, oneradionetwork.com, 15 years uh, of just put different uh, words or names into the search function on the top right. And you'll be surprised what you come up with, some a lot of really fun people over these almost 15 years now. And uh, all of our videos are on BitChute, so you can go up there. We have a little link on the front page. Also, we still are on Faceplant. We still go there because we have 5,000 people that think we're crazy. And and then we're also on Telegram, and uh, those links are on One Radio Network as well. Okay? So thanks for your support. We appreciate it. Uh... You, you all supporting us by purchasing the products that we promote is, is how we, we uh, make our house payment. And we're happy to do that. So I love you all very much. Thank you. Been a great show with Adam. We will see you Friday morning live back here at uh, 10 o'clock Central Time. And um, may, the, may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas. This is OneRadioNetwork.com.